I am Stacey Wells, a youth sports advocate with experience in various facets of sports. I've gained valuable insights from coaching, being a team mom, starting a club, managing multiple facilities, to overseeing the construction of a multi-million dollar sports complex. Currently, I assist individuals and organizations in creating and developing facilities and programs to help them achieve their dreams while making sure that we continue to provide opportunities for our youth to get involved and stay involved in their sports dreams. In this podcast, I will share some of the tips and tricks I have learned throughout my entire journey. Hello. So today um, we're going to talk a little bit about club sports and travel ball. Many times to make a travel ball program successful, you have to have great coaches. You have to have a great director. You want the branding for the program. You want all of those things. But one of the things that I think often goes unnoticed is being a parent rep. And that is a volunteer opportunity from a parent on the team to step up and try to help out the coach in ways that maybe the coach doesn't need to be messing with. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It was one of the best jobs that I had, probably the most um, fun, but yet not paid. So um, we're just going to dive into that one. One of our daughters played for a competitive volleyball program, and at the beginning they said they needed somebody to be a parent rep, and I'm somewhat of a control freak, and so I dove in with both feet not knowing what I was doing, and I just figured I could figure it out, and after some trial and error, and some several years of being a parent rep, I I felt like I got pretty good at it. And so that's what we're going to do today is I'm going to kind of dive in and let you know what the tips and tricks that I had with that. And I've also prepared an ebook that I'll share with you a little bit later on how you can get your hands on that. So maybe you're listening to this and you're like, what is a parent rep? I don't, I don't even know what that does. So like I said earlier, there are so many moving parts of a competitive program, travel ball situation, whether you're talking about basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball, soccer, whatever, there's just a lot of moving parts and it takes a lot of people to make it happen. And one of those people is the parent rep and a lot of programs. Um, don't always have all those pieces in place that the parent rep can be in charge of. So that that volunteer position, and, and maybe some of the programs might give a discount on club fees if a parent steps up or whatever. So there could be a little bit of pay in there, but for the most part, it's going to be an unpaid uh, position. So getting hotel rooms, making sure what kind of a facility they're playing at, the restaurant options. It, those are all different situations that a parent rep might be involved in. And they're things that your coach doesn't need to worry about. And really, I know a lot of programs, the directors have some kind of a control into that. But in reality, if you've got some of these larger programs that have, say, 30 plus teams, you know, each team has its own little perks and quirks. And so some what works for one team might not work for the next team. Parents on team A might uh, appreciate this, but the parents, parents on team B appreciate something completely different. So having those individual liaisons that can go between the coach, the director, and then the rest of the parents on the team is always kind of nice. So it is an extremely important job. You're going to help the parents, the coach, the director of the organization, making sure everything stays communicated seamlessly. The parent rep 
plays a crucial role in making sure that all the important facts are relayed to the parents and if there's any issues that they can relay those back to the coach or again, like I said, the director. So the important thing to remember is that the rep is extremely important and you are amazing if you are the one doing this. Um, If you are the parent rep, you are taking time out of your schedule to try to make sure that the rest of the parents are all communicated with and everybody has a great time. And this job is going to be challenging, but in the end of the season, it will be rewarding and you will learn more and more every year and you will be so good at it that you'll be sharing your tips and tricks with the next parents that are coming up along the way. So let's go ahead and dive in. Once the team has been decided and you guys, they've had the tryouts, they've got the team put together, you've now met with the parents, the first plan of attack is the hotels and your housing for the tournaments. So many times the director or the coach uh, might have already picked out the tournaments that that team, that particular team is going to be playing in. If not, usually within the first couple of parent meetings, the parents will all get together and decide which tournaments or events they're going to play in. Great. Done. So the if your organization has or the club team program that your kid was playing with, if their director or um, maybe they have somebody that takes care of the hotel rooms and housing for the coach, that's amazing. Perfect. It's done, but not necessarily. That doesn't always happen. So what we're going to do is kind of dive into the hotel situation if your club team does not take care of hotel rooms for the coach. So as you're meeting with the parents, you might ask them a couple of questions. Do they have a preferred brand? So do they prefer Hilton or Hyatt or Marriott? And what, why I ask that is because if you can book under one particular brand, you can gain points. And then by the end of this season, there's a chance that you've gained a free room, or maybe you're going to use it after season to take a break from the tournament um, and go on vacation. But either way, find out if there's a preferred brand. If there's not a preferred brand, pick one that you like, or that is going to give you the best points for for the, the week the weekend stays. Also, another question to ask them is about, are they willing to travel? How, what do they want to do? Do they, let's say your event is located in the heart of a big city. Do they want to travel outside and get a cheaper hotel room and have to drive in? Or do they want to just basically wake up and walk over to the facility? There's going to be pros and cons from each. Okay. So, Sometimes if you get the cheaper hotel, you have to drive, you're trying to find parking, um, and if you're going to a downtown location, parking could be a struggle, but yet again, you're saving money. You're also having to get up earlier to make sure that you get that drive going into a bigger city. But then if you get the hotel that's close by, a lot of times that's going to be quite more expensive than one that would be outside the city. If the most of the team says that they're willing to pay more to not have to not have to travel to drive in, great, it's done. You can pretty much do that. If you've got most of the team that's like, hey, we will pay less and have to travel in, we're fine with that, then do it. I'm going to guarantee you there's always going to be a half and half. Some of your parents want to save money on the hotel and the other parents don't care about the money. They just don't want to have to get up earlier or have to drive in. Fine. 
always split the bill. So what I always end up doing it in that situation, because ours was the same situation. Um, what I would always end up doing is basically half and half for the tournaments that were in a big downtown city where I knew parking was going to be a struggle or we were going to have to um, pay for parking fees in a parking garage. We were already being charged for at the hotel. I would pick the close hotels for those events because parking was always going to be a pain. If we were playing outside of an area, you could travel a little bit and you didn't have to worry so much about parking and the travel and that situation. So I would kind of split the fees. So some, some hotels would be a little less and we would have to travel more or farther away from the play site. And some hotels would be right next door to the play site and we could just walk over. Either way, it pretty much always made, at least it tried to make everybody happy. Once you've got that figured out, what you're going to do next is call the hotels. Find out what hotels are going to be the best ones. Maybe get call a couple of them and figure out what the best offers are. Do they have free breakfast? Do they offer free parking? Um, what's the room situation? If you've got a lot of parents or families that have uh, multiple kids and they're going to need combining rooms or conjoining rooms, or do they have the pull-out sofa? Do they have suites available? Whatever you're going to need for your particular families, call around and find out what fits for the hotels or just do a Google search. Once you call the hotel more than, and tell them you're wanting to set up a hotel block, Okay, so what a hotel block is, is you'll call, they will say, hey, we want to set up a hotel block, and more than likely, they're going to direct you to their sales team, which is, just so you know ahead of time, is only there from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, so you'll want to call if you work 40 hours a week, you'll want to call during your lunch break or when you're on a break, because them being there after hours isn't always going to work. So a block of rooms, what that will do is the hotel actually takes some of their inventory and puts it in a bundle for just your group. And so they will send you a link and your parents can book hotel rooms within that bundle. So those will not be booked away from them. The only thing with that is it does take the inventory away from those hotels. So they're not going to allow you to keep that block open with rooms that are just sitting there you know, a week to two weeks before the event. So a lot of times those blocks are only good for a certain number of days after you've booked it. Now guarantee when you block one of these, you're not paying for anything up front. You're, you're not going to have to hold the room with your credit card, whatever. You'll want to do your own room, but you're not going to have to hold, be responsible for all the parents. That's why you get the link. Send the link to your parents and then your parents will be able to call in or click on the link and book their room particularly. Then any rooms that aren't being used, they drop out of the block, and then the hotel can have them back in their inventory. After you've got that block set up, like I said, go ahead and book your room. And then if you are responsible for getting the coach's room as a parent rep, go ahead and block their room, book their room as well. So Let's talk about that a little bit. Part of being a parent rep, as I mentioned earlier, some organizations take care of the coach's room. Not all of them do. If your coach's rooms are not taken care of, that will fall back on the parent rep. So if that is the case, those are fees that will be added on during season for your parents to pay. And you guys should know all this stuff up front from your organization. 
If not, those are questions to ask, whether you're doing during tryouts or if it's your first parent rep meeting, however that comes up, those are questions to ask. When you find out how much all of these rooms are going to cost, then being able to divide that up by the players. So let's say that this room is $99 a night total with taxes and all the little fees that they add on to it. It ends up being $125 a night. We're going to divide that by 10 players. Okay, everybody owes $12.50 for coach's room for one night. Okay, on top of that, you're going to be looking at food for the weekend. So does the organization offer payment for the coaches for their food? Or is that also something that falls back on the parent rep and the team? In my particular situation, we always ended up paying for the coaches' food. So one, breakfast, usually provided by the hotel. Great. So then lunch. What's get together with your parents? What's a good amount of price for lunch? With prices going up right now, good gosh, 15 to $20 barely pays for a lunch anymore. And so, and maybe your parents all want to bring their own lunches and they do it out in the car or something between games, whatever works. And that's part of the coach. The coach can eat out of that. If that's what works for you guys and your coach and your parents, then great. Go for it. If not, figure out what that price is. Same thing with dinner. How much of a dinner allowance are you allowing? You know, and then do you collect that money up front once it's decided and then give the coach that amount of money for the weekend? Or do you allow the coach to go ahead and just collect their receipts for the weekend and then turn them in after the tournament? Parents divide up the fees and the money that was collected, you know, that the coach spent and give them their money, reimburse them for their money. So the money spent. Either way is perfectly fine. It's going to be what you and your team and your parent reps and the parents on the team make that decision. The finances part, the hotel rooms, the getting the blocks for the hotel rooms for all your parents, making sure the coach is taken care of financially, whether it's with the rooms or the allowance for food or reimbursements, that's the biggest job. But if you will just dive in at the very beginning, as soon as the tournaments are scheduled, as soon as all of that's done and knock that out, the rest of it will be a breeze. Um, One of the things on hotels that I forgot to mention is there are a lot of times there's a stay and play type of a tournament. What that means, if you are in a tournament, you're registered for this tournament, you have to stay at the place that they tell you you have to stay. And what what they'll do a lot of times is they check the registration for the hotel rooms by last name and determine whether those kids are registered or on the roster for the teams that are registered within the tournament. And you have to have a certain percentage of every team staying at that designated hotel. Whether you like it or not, it's just one of those things that you have to do. It's just part of the process. If that's the case, one, it does take away your job of trying to find the hotel, but Two, you still have to deal with all of the making sure that the kids are in the hotel room and, you know, that their names are on there. If you've got blended families, making sure that the player's last name is also as one of the one of the people staying in the room if their parent's name is a different last name. Again, once all the hotel stuff is taken care of, the rest of it is a breeze and it's so much fun and you can have so much as much fun as you want to as a parent rep. Some of the extra things that I always like to do before a weekend event, it, I, was, I would call the complex or the facility where they were having the event 
and I would find out what's the rules on outside drinks. Because seriously, coffee, 6.30 in the morning, if you've got to be at a facility, isn't it nice to know you've got a warm cup of coffee? So your parents are really not going to like it if they go, they go to the coffee house, they spend $6 on a drink, only to find out when they get to the facility that drinks are not allowed and they end up having to pour it out and they can't just drink it. So I would call ahead and find out, hey, do you guys allow outside drinks? You know, can we have coffee, outside food? What's your situation? What's your concession stand situation? You know, and most of them will allow coffee to come in in the morning. There were a few that would not allow it, but they would have coffee options on the inside, which always helps one less stop on the way to the tournament at 630 in the morning. Another thing that I would always ask is seating. Are there bleachers available on the outside, bleachers available on the inside? Are, do we have to bring camping chairs, bleacher seats available? Because I am telling you, when you go to these events, especially if you have more than one child, these and you're talking a whole weekend, the car is maxed out with equipment, clothing, anything and everything you can think of, you're going to have it in the back of the vehicle. So if I can tell my parents, hey... No need to bring camping chairs because of they have chairs available and they don't allow outside seating. Or two, hey, bring a bleacher seat or don't bring a bleacher seat. That's one less thing that my parents would have to pack in their car that everything was taken care of. During the event or when you're headed to the event, um, find out. Maybe at the practice before the weekend of event, you want to find out about places to eat in the area and you want to plan an outing. Maybe if the kids only have one or two games for the day, whatever event you're, whatever tournament they're playing in, maybe you want some entertainment. So maybe you go bowling, maybe you go to something like a top golf or some kind of a golf simulation uh, entertainment center. Or if they've played all day, maybe you guys just want to go out for dinner that night and then go back to the hotel. Does That's another thing to think about when you're booking hotels. Are there food establishments close by? Is it something where you could just walk over to the food establishment or walk back? Are there pools? Whatever that situation might be. Is it a summer tournament where there's lots of stuff to do on the outside? Is it wintertime where there's absolutely nothing to do on the outside and you're stuck inside? Think about some of those things because those team building activities that are outside of court or field, they really do make a difference. And when you look back, those are where a lot of the memories were made and a lot of those special moments. So as you continue on the path of travel sports and club, remember if you can volunteer to be a parent rep and take some of the slack off of your coach or off of the director of the program, definitely do it. It's not that hard. It does have a pretty high return rate doing your part for the team and helping out however you can. And you can have a little fun and and find some new ways to create some entertainment and some memories down the road. I know I mentioned earlier that I would tell you how to get a hold of that uh, ebook that I put together on being a parent rep, you can actually find that on my website. It's a little under $8. It's like $7.50. And go to stacydwells.com 
and click on additional resources. And it is one of those resources right there. You can download it immediately. And it's it will have, like I said, 17 pages of useful information, some of the stuff that I talked about today, in addition to some other things. And it has places where you can take notes and I, I hope you find it enjoyable or I hope you find it helpful so that you can become the best parent rep possible. Thank you for joining me again today on Sports Development Authority Podcast. In this episode, we discussed being a parent rep. I hope that you found it useful or maybe you know somebody that might have found it useful. If you would, just share it with them. I'd love to get their feedback as well as yours. You can go to my website, stacydwells.com, and find all of my podcast episodes, as well as some additional resources and some free downloads. Or maybe your community is looking to expand their programming or revamp it, or maybe they're looking to build a new facility. You can book a discovery call with me on the same website, stacydwells.com. Together, we can help create more opportunities to keep kids playing.